Welcome to the Probate Mastermind Podcast. These episodes are recorded live once a week and are hosted by the AllTheLeads.com coaches. Agents, investors, and wholesalers join the coaches for everything from marketing tips, sales psychology, life deal analysis, transaction engineering, advanced real estate strategy, and personal development. You will learn to get more listings, more deals, and find financial freedom by listening to these episodes. Be sure to catch show notes at AllTheLeads.com slash podcast and join our free Facebook mastermind community, All The Leads Mastermind. Welcome dynamic agents and investors from across the country. Today is January 14th, 2021, and this is Mastermind Podcast number 310. We do have one person in the queue. I, I always like calls like this. He is a national real estate coach with one of the major coaches who you would recognize. I'm not sure. I spoke to him since he joined maybe in 2019, but he shared some remarkable success stories with me. So I asked him to come on the call today and share with you. And I'm going to go ahead and go to you first. Chris Ryan, you're up, sir. How are you? Good, Jim. I appreciate the intro. My name is Chris Ryan. I work for Caldwell Banker in East Brunswick, New Jersey, and I'm also a coach for Mike Ferry Organization. I met Jim, boy, probably we didn't speak for years. I haven't ran into Jim. And then I found somebody had mentioned all the leads as a source for probate. And and I saw Jim was one of the owners and I was excited to talk to him because I heard a lot of good things about all the leads. It's kind of like if you look at all the lead generation sources and probate, it's probably like a, the Porsche uh, version of, of the list that is given for probate. So I just wanted to say, hey, I, pr- I appreciate the, the opportunity to, to get the list uh, for my area. What happened was I've been doing probe. I've been in real estate for 33 years, doing probate for 15 years. So we basically, we were doing our own research. And like I said, we found all the leads and you're, you're real happy about that. I got my list two, two days ago and pretty much went through the whole thing. We, I was talking to Dave Pinnell too. Jim was not, was nice enough to have us connect. And I thought I did pretty well with probate and kind of like my system. But then when I, I watched Dave's uh, system and what he does, I'm like, wow, I'm doing like, I thought I was doing well with it, but I was like, wow, I, I need some work and everybody needs to improve. So I guess, Jim, do you want me to go into what I do with probate? Yeah, please. Take, yeah, whatever. We got a couple hundred people on the call. I think they can benefit from your experience. So please do. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So like my approach to so my approach to probate right now, it's probate's probably not probably it's thirty percent of our business. I, I do have a team. We did th- we actually did uh, thirty five transactions probate. We're, we want to improve on that. So one of the, so basically what we do is we don't I don't do mailers, I don't do emails, I don't do texting. It's basically strictly phone phone calls. We do send some sort of letters, but watching Dave on Facebook, I think yesterday for a couple minutes, I'm like, wow, we're really, we really got to uh, step up with what we send out. That's for sure. So basically, Jim, the one thing that we do, I kind of, from when I to- do talk to clients, executive executors, one of the things I do hear from them is that, yes, we obviously we get a lot of letters, we get texting. Very rarely do you hear that they get phone calls. And which is surprising to me, 
is that the way this market is right now, and if you're in probate, either as an investor or an agent, I'm sure some people are very successful with mailing and texting and all that. But I'm just kind of surprised that there's not more people that are, when there's so much money on the line, that they actually don't contact them by phone. I think people do appreciate it more. Mike Ferry guy. I know. Probably. Yeah, I would I would say so. If you look out <laughs> for your, your sphere of influence, and you'll see why it's so difficult. You don't have much competition on the phone. No. Call, re- it's, call it's, reluctance is still real. Yeah. And I, I guess it, once you see the results from it, though, just talking probate, let's just talk probate. Once you see the results that you do get, I think, you know, that if you're like tinkering on, hey, geez, I don't know if I could do it. Uh, once you do find success in that, I think then you'll start, people will start doing it more. But I get it. Hey, if it's good, if it works with mailers and all that, all that stuff, that's great. But yeah, so just basically, I guess the the point is that we are aggressive on the phones. We do have, let's say, like when you're, because I, and unfortunately, I don't listen to a lot of your, which I'm starting to do. My time is very limited, but I'm trying to watch podcasts and get more involved because I think you're like what you guys do is far superior with probate. Let's, I can't get in trouble with Mike. I don't want to get in trouble with Mike. More of uh, with the probate. You guys do provide a great service. But one of the things I wanted to talk to, just bring up too, is that because the inventory is so tight right now, if somebody, you like, if you have a lead, like, I guess the, the major thing too is lead follow-up. Like when you do get a contact right now and they're looking to do something, I think that speed is so important right now. Like you can't have anything linger. If somebody says, hey, great, Chris, you know what? Give me a call back in a month. I think one of the things that we really have to start doing is asking more. Like one of the things I do with my coaching clients and Mike, and I get this from Mike Ferry, is that we have to ask more questions. Like you have to ask these the executors more questions. Obviously, what's holding you back from doing it now? We have the, you know items in the house. The great, obviously, the typical. Would you sell it with the items? And like, so you really have to ask a lot more questions right now because the person that calls behind you or mails behind you or knocks on the door, they're going to be aggressive and they're going to get that client from you. So I think if if anything, if there's realtors on the line, I think you just have to be more aggressive right now because our market, for example, and I'll talk out of probate for a minute on an expired call yesterday, 8.30 in the morning, I had an appointment with the guy. Within 30 minutes, he had 20 phone calls already from other agents. So you tell me that there's not a lot of agents being aggressive out there. So I think we're probate. I just think that we have to be more aggressive when somebody says that they want to do something. Like if you're at the house and you're an investor, you have to make the deal right then and there. You can't say you're going to, obviously you have to know your numbers. You can't say, I'll get back to you in a couple of days. Because the investor right behind, they're going to say, listen, I'm going to give you this and I'll close it in two weeks. Boom, done. Yeah, I just really I wanted to talk a, to you about, yeah, yeah. Sorry, this is Chad, by the way. I have a million questions. One, first, I'll start with a suggestion. If your team isn't listening to the role play archive, I think that's going to be hugely beneficial to you guys. So you can hear all the variations of what we what you just spoke about. So we, I call that probate quicksand. And sometimes you need to throw them a rope and pull their ass out because yeah. they them waiting is not actually in their best interest as a fiduciary of the estate. And part of that is exactly. being fiscally responsible. So if a family member, and, and for anyone who's, if your mindset is challenging that statement, think about it this way. They are a, a legal fiduciary that represents the, the financial interest of that estate. If one of the heirs disagrees with how they're acting, they actually have personal legal liability for sitting and procrastinating. And it usually doesn't come up. You don't see it. It's more prevalent in California than almost anywhere else because you have big valuations on the estate. But 
when if you're if the little voice in your head says I'm a terrible person if I put pressure on them, just remember they have legal liability if they just sit and do nothing. So for you to ethically influence them to do what's in their best interest, it's always the best thing to do. The the exception where I'll back up and give a little more space is surviving spouse or loss of young children. Sometimes people are just so raw they're just not ready. But I would say 98% of the time when someone doesn't want to commit, it's because they're just trying to get back in their comfort zone and they're afraid. And it's our job to be leaders, not salespeople in that case. But that, that's my opinion. And I think, Chris, your team could benefit from hearing that's a lot of the, the discussions we have, especially in the role play environment, really gives you tactics for how to do that and, and what's been effective across the country. So if you're not doing that already, I think that's something you guys should put on the list for, you know, maybe this quarter, we're going to go through these role plays and then start doing some on our own. No, I appreciate that. I'm also really interested in your evolution and your story. Uh, I love stories, so I'd like to hear what got you into probate in the first place, how you did it, why you stuck with it, and what has changed since you became an all all the lead subscriber. What has what what really stands out to you? What habits changed, and and what was the business result? How did that change? Sure. Sure. I'll get real quick into that. So one of, the reason why we got into probate in the first place is that we had one, one of our locations. I own my own company. I sold like 15 years ago. But one of the locations was like right into a 55 and over eight communities. So one of the things that we realized was on the expireds, when these when the estates were expiring out on the MLS, let's clarify that. So when they were expiring, we were able to get the numbers through our research with probate, we would go to the county, get the expireds, and nobody had those numbers that we had because even if you subscribe to a service, nobody had those numbers. So that's how we actually originally got into probate. And that's, we never even looked at any other probate, but besides expireds. So that was probably for five years, we just did that. And then I was like, you know what, maybe we should look into a little bit further and do our own research and start looking at. So we went down every two two months and got our own research. So we started getting into that. So what's that? Did you really enjoy doing that? Wasn't it fun? I never, I, no, I've never been down there personally. I've, I sent my, sent my assistant. He knows it well. So that's how we did the research originally. For the, actually, we had a, originally we had a title company. So our searchers that were doing our title for purchases, actually, just they were down to the courthouse. I said, can you just go over and do this? So that's how, that's how actually we started that. And then what happened was then we started trying to get more research. And we did that. We did that for a while, getting our own research. I would say like when Jim had to like 2019, so we were doing our research for the last like probably eight years on our own. It takes, I mean, it takes a lot of time. So then we, you know, joined up with you guys and we still, we still uh, hate this. We still do our own research, but it's very limited right now, but we we do it in a different County. We are main County. We subscribe to you guys. So what's changed though, is that since we have everything in front, your numbers are great. Your skip tra- like how your numbers are fantastic. The information that you guys provide, and what's great about it too is that so you have the executor, but not only that, you obviously provide the attorney. So that's obvious. If there's any advice I can give anybody, especially that if you're new and start to start aligning, and I know you guys bring this up, so I don't. I'll probably repeat myself, but align yourself with these uh, probate attorneys. Because that's the best connection, obviously, because they, they'll give you the, you don't have to like stay on the phone or whatever. Obviously, that's the best connection that you can have. So the results that we've had previous, so we did 35 transactions. I was telling Jim on the phone a couple of days ago. Now, again, we're 
we double end it if I list it. We do ha I do have an investor that I deal with personally that will buy the properties because if they typical, I don't want to list it. I just want to sell it outright. So then I'll still go over there and obviously we'll buy the property. Or if they say, no, we want top dollar, we'll list it. So it's pre that's pretty simple. So one so we so our so getting back to so thirty five transactions the year before we probably did I don't know probably I think we did eighteen so we probably we've not probably we've doubled our transactions so obviously all the leads has helped out tremendously and the fact is you have everything aligned it's a great portal excellent and system. you have the just as a coach I know you you already see this but I think it's a teachable moment right. Like the difference is 100% increase in business just by doing more dollar productive activity, less research, more prospecting. Is that a fair summary? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're still, you're, we're, yeah, we're trying to get phone numbers. Before we were, we were getting phone numbers from whatever source we were getting from. Now, those numbers, now, when what happens is now we get your numbers and your numbers are, are tremendous. And there's cost to that. And that's why we, for your cost factors, whatever people pay for that, geez. And I'm sure you guys bring this up. Like one, one trip, like yesterday. Yeah. So I got my new list two days ago and I got 350 people. So my contacts yesterday, I made 40 contacts yesterday, just probate, strictly probate. So 40 contacts, met with somebody today. We're going to buy the property deal already. Actually fell through. There was a foot of water in the basement. I fell through the stairs and I caught myself. My phone fell. It landed on the steps, thank God, so I didn't lose it. So anyhow, we bought that property and I got three other people. I got a listing appointment next week. So, you know, this now that's not a, a regular occurrence. It just happens. We were, we were pretty on yesterday. So obviously, for what you guys provide, it works. Yeah. Thanks, man, and yeah. being really transparent. One of the big struggles we see is people step over dollars to pick up dimes. And I just appreciate having someone with this much experience in the industry be so transparent and let people see under the hood of what you have. Thanks so much for being here and contributing. I'll give other people a chance to to talk. No problem. And by no means I'm perfect. I make a lot I make I make mistakes like anybody else and there's I would say that just from listening to Dave and just listening to your stuff, I have so much to learn. And I'm looking to learn it with you guys who are probate. I appreciate you guys' time. And thank you for the time to have me my talk today on the phone here. So appreciate it. Thank you very I'm, much. Chris, I'm sure you inspired a lot of people. And I know you got to go, but it's totally coincidentally, the next person up in the queue is Dave Pinnell. So you want to hang in I'm there? The, all right. He's up next. Thank you so much, Chris. We appreciate you. Take care. Thank you. David, you're up next, sir. And we didn't plan this, did we? No, no, thanks. I just I had a good conversation with with Chris yesterday, and it was uh, enlightening. It, and it just reminds me that the people that are coming from expired and sell by owner prospecting, circle prospecting, any kind of prospecting, this just increases your skill level. And when you adapt and change to what you guys are teaching, you're just unstoppable. And I honestly, I haven't prospected probate probably since august last year i just you know, things happen in life i got a remodel going i just and we blessings man it's praying that things will go right and assignment fees are at 110 right now off of uh, about five probate leads so it's one hundred ten thousand dollars that we're going to be making in assignment fees in february 
Wow. And David, I suspect you said you haven't prospected in some time, but with your tenacious lead follow-up system, you probably are still getting deals from previous prospecting, even though you put the brakes on it temporarily. You still have deals coming in, obviously. Absolutely. And that's what I was on. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for letting me do that video on the mastermind because it's you got the letters do work, but we can't be so generic that we don't. It's like I, I told people yesterday, you can't be so generic that they're just going to throw your letter away and be like all the investors, all the other realtors. And Chad speaks of it is just the USP. How can we turn that USP into a emotional tie down? Just like we're taught in expired or sell by owner prospecting, you got to tie them to something. And that's either good questions, good motivations. So it's just a matter of tweaking those letters that we're sending out to be more emotionally driven so that they hang on to them. And that's exactly yeah. what happened to us. We had a lady call Liz out of the blue. We were just driving down the street. And she held on to our letter for two years. And I'm suspectful that since she's the only female on the letter and the lady was just trusting a woman. So we, we, we tested me sending me to and as a woman on the letter too and she <laughs> held on to it so that's uh, a forty-five thousand dollar assignment fee that we got that's amazing yep. we haven't sold it yet we're, we're showing it in a week but we got it such a good price it's amazing david did and i hear uh, you did i hear you say you have a hundred and ten thousand in fees this month coming in from probate yeah wow yeah it's just there's a couple not sold yet but i know the value i got it for and uh, we just still have to close them, but the projection are, are, is there. I want to make one other comment. You, you said something. It's very uh, interesting. We, it, it frustrates me how many of our clients just send the letters, and maybe they get a 50% ROI, and they're happy with that. They'll do a deal now and then from the letters. But what a difference between sending the letters they they do work. They're very effective. But difference between yeah. that and doing what yeah and doing what you're doing follow up you can increase your ROI a hundredfold. What, have you ever figured out what your ROI for money spent versus return is on probate? One hundred oh. million percent. And actually, I'm not the best tracker of numbers. I can tell you that right now. I've, I could make a hundred okay. dials and talk to forty people a day. I just don't track it, but I know that the money. We and I'm and I say every year I'm gonna get better at tracking everything, but I don't. But man, we are 100% probate now. If I pick up a regular listing, I will do it. But the money is so good on the wholesale stuff and the time freedom that we've created and the money we spent to learn how to do it. We wasted a lot of sure. money. That one guy said he made five hundred thousand dollars, and then he got too big. We did too. We went out and hired eight callers, and we had a fancy office for five grand a month and we got crazy in 2019 in august it just the whole year was good but it bit us in the long run so we had to scale it down a little bit get back on the phones get the letters out make sure that they have some kind of story to them chad says and it's a beautiful thing yep david i want yep. to go back to your open self-criticism about not keeping track of your numbers and stuff and challenge you to help chris gain the knowledge he wants from you and i know he can help you with that like the way he coaches people i think you guys can really help each other a ton so keep that relationship going have him hold you accountable yeah. for knowing your numbers and you hold him accountable for having an open mind to innovate more toward your process to get your result that's what this community Absolutely. is about right and the, the one thing i did write down when he's on the phone is it's intelligent phone calls now it's not just we're making calls to these people we're 
it's intelligent phone calls. We're learning y'all's process, but adapting to what we've been taught since I was in real estate. And I've gotten a few, actually, I still call expireds for sale by owners. But just what I've learned through offering cash, I've gotten deals through for sale by owners that I don't even list. I just buy their house now. It's They're all over the place. It's funny when you open your mind up to all this stuff that there's little nuggets of gold everywhere in our market that I was just going after listings and buyers. And uh, I was trying to get those trophies and awards. And now it's all about wealth building. Well, that is great. Hey, Bruce, um, I didn't give you a chance to comment on either. Do you have any questions or comments for Dave or Chris? Oh, God. I tried to butt in and interrupt Chad a couple of times, but that wasn't happening. So you're good. I, I was holding everything back. I watched Dave's video yesterday. Great job, by the way, buddy. I'll tell you, one of the biggest things that, that I notice a lot of, of agents do that I thought Dave spoke directly to in the video, and if you guys haven't watched it, go on our Facebook group and watch that, is they do stick with their generic sequence of mail after they've had a conversation with someone, and there's no better time to almost guarantee that whatever message you put in front of them next in their mailbox is going to get opened and read than after you've had a conversation. So I really do encourage you guys to have a, a couple of letters, even if you don't want to do them, we can do them for you. Uh, have a couple of letters that go out to people that you've had a, an open dialogue with and do tell a story with those because they're going to get read. It's almost sometimes a little bit embarrassing to have a conversation with someone and it goes really good and then a week or two later they get a, a letter in their mailbox that says, oh, hi, my name's Bruce. I wanted to introduce myself. So create yourself, even if it's just a short letter that has a little bit of a story and is a little bit more personal and send it out after your conversation. So I thought, Dave, that, that video was great and the message was spot on. Now, if what you haven't most... read the book, Story Branding, go get it. It's oh, probably nine book. bucks on Amazon. Download the audio and you're going to change the way that you market to people for life. And also YouTube Donald Miller, who wrote that book, the yeah. amazing content on telling a story. I don't know why I didn't so, see it before. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Good. Thank you so much. Bruce, were you done? Any other comments? I, okay. I want to kind of beat up on myself a little bit and our team, but it's going to fit really well with, with what Chris said before, is don't be afraid to sometimes push for that appointment. There are a lot of people that plan on using us, even if we've had two or three conversations with them, or in my team's case last week, seven or eight conversations with someone who said, hey, don't worry, we're definitely using you guys, and you just kind of don't push for the appointment. We had a situation where we called someone back that had all but guaranteed that they were going to sell the house directly to us. And they said, hey, no, we ended up um, getting a call last week from someone that we spoke with for the first time, and they made us an offer on the spot, and we couldn't turn it down. Don't Hey, Bruce, be... it's me calling, by the way. Yeah, it, it probably was you, Don't, except I know you didn't call since August, so never mind. Yeah. Don't be scared to, to go ahead and close the, close the deal, because just because someone thinks that they're going to use you doesn't mean that someone with a, a stronger close is isn't going to come in on your coattails and close it. There are times to go soft. God knows I coach a lot of people on how to set up the next call. But there are other times when you've got to read someone and know that they're ready and they're just in quicksand. And someone might get them out of quicksand no matter how good the relationship you've built is. And if they get, get them out of quicksand and you're not on the phone with them that day closing, then you're going to miss out on the deal. 
Awesome, guys. Thank you. Hey, David, we thank you as always, man. Come back every week. You've always got some great nuggets to share. And thank you, Chris, both of you guys. You complimented each other very well, and we expect to hear great things from you. Keep it, keep up the good work. We've got five others in the queue, guys, so we should have trouble, time to get to everyone if anybody else wants to jump in. We now have seven. Good. So that should take us up nicely to the top of the hour. Next up is phone number ending in 5464. You're up next. Hey, it's Eddie in Kansas City. Um, yes, sir. I tried, to, I tried to get on the call, I think on New Year's, I don't know, somewhere around there. And a bunch of people were, we didn't have it, obviously, or the New Year's Eve. But I got a few updates. Today, I'm actually picking up, I'm going to go to the uh, the guy's house that I'm getting for $40,000. We had a few snafus in the title, got those cleared up. I had to call the heir of somebody who died in the 80s to sign an affidavit stating the marital status. But now I have to, I'm picking up seller at 3.30 to take him to closing today. So that is all finally coming to uh, a close, thankfully. You've been talking about that. You've been talking about that one for a while. How long have you been working on it? Oh, I've been working on that deal for since August of 19, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I got it under contract, I think, like the beginning part of December. And so we were supposed to close this before the end of the year, but we're close enough in my mind. Um, sure. Good job. I have a question I don't know if anybody else has had this problem. I sent this to my support. Eddie, we lost you. You still there? Eddie? Chad, you can't hear him either, correct? No, he just slowly faded out before he got out. Uh, Ed, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Eddie, jump yeah. back in the queue, man. If I see you, I'll reconnect you. I think his cell went dead. All right. I can't answer your question because you didn't finish it, but hopefully we'll talk again. Chad, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Bruce, can you hear Gemini? I can hear you. Maybe it's the three of us hanging out on the line together. <laughs> okay. I, okay. Somebody is there now. Zero three zero six. Are you there? Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. You were. I think you were muted. Go ahead. Awesome. Hi, everyone. So, I'm from Austin, Texas. I got a quick question. Can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead. Yes. I was saying. Awesome. All right. So my question is, I'm working with this probate lead that I got an appointment for, and it seems a pretty promising, ready-to-go deal. But to my surprise, they have a reverse mortgage on the house. And the house is pretty, what the loan balance uh, was, conversation was over the phone and what the market value is, they can sell. But I have never the house with reverse mortgage. Is there anything I should know about that I should be guiding them for added holding costs? Because they were thinking about cleaning it up and all that cool stuff when the market is too hot, and I think we can move it really quickly. So I would love to know the reverse mortgage details on what we should be watching out for, and it could be a motivating factor conversation we can have for where if you hold on to a reverse mortgage, there's added cost per month. The biggest thing you need to be aware of is the timeline, Rosie. Most of the fine print, usually the fine print and the note will say, when the mortgagee moves out, whether that's death, downsizing, whatever the reason, when the home becomes vacated by them, that starts a 180-day clock. So typically, you have 180 days before the lender will send you a notice of default. So the first question is, how long has the home been vacant? Has anyone notified the lender? Or It has been two months, two months, and they have notified the lender. Yeah. So you have a very comfortable four-month window to do whatever you need to do to, to, to sell the home. At the point you pass that 180-day mark, they could call the note due and, and start a default, but that's going to take who knows how long. So if, yeah. if they're looking, do you say they're looking to renovate and resell? 
or renovate and sell? I don't know. They just clean up. There's a lot of personal stuff that they want to make sure they sell and distribute. They seem to be very emotional and sensitive family. I've re- recommended them how they can just sell the real estate without probate, but it seems like there's emotional sentiment, so they want to do it right by their mom. So they're That's cleaning right. it up, and it probably will take another month or so, but it seems like we have time from your conversation on reverse mortgage. That was the main thing. Yeah, I think your window of time is plenty, considering the market. You don't have any un- unusual expenses to worry about. No one's drawing down. It's mm-hmm. essentially a line of credit, and it's probably already drawn to the 80% LTV. So nobody's drawing mm-hmm. on that, likely. There aren't going to be any other costs or anything. You just need to satisfy the note at closing. It seems like you've got a pretty okay. straightforward, just more of a conventional sale. Nothing to worry about. Okay, very good. That's all I need to ask. Thank you very much. All right. We appreciate it. We got two more in the queue, guys. We probably have time for more, including the person we lost, if you want to, if you get your phone charged and jump back in. Next up is phone number ending in 4512. You're up next. Hey, guys. This is Richard in Birmingham. How are y'all doing today? Great, Richard. How about you? Oh, doing great. It's been a while since I spoke to you guys, but I just want to give you an update. Uh, Last year was my first full year with you guys. Of course, I've been with you, I think, now for about a year and a half. And uh, Chad told me the first time, of course, I did everything, pretty much followed everything you guys that lined out for me and everything, went to mastery before I ever did anything on my first week. And so I finished uh, last year with 54 or 55 deals and two to three a month of those uh, were from probates. Wow. That is great. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And uh, we only have one more in the queue, so if you don't mind, Richard, we'll spend a little time asking some questions and interviewing you. If you, yeah, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about what you did wrong and then what you did right to do that many deals. I did my first few months with everybody. Of course, and Chad and I, we uh, first talked, when I first talked with him the very first time in mastery, I'm an old timer, so I've always done expireds and uh, for sale by owners. And he told me the first day, he said, hashtag, you'll have your best year ever. And of course it did with fighting through the pandemic. And then I also had from October through about the middle I took about, I had, well, I didn't take, didn't have, I did. I had surgery, so I was off for about uh, six or seven weeks in that time also. But the one that, one thing I just, of course, I'm an uh, ex-educator and ex-ball coach and everything, so I learned early on in life to listen to what your coaches tell you to do. And But I still do everything like I did from day one. I know a lot of people say that they don't call the spouse that's still in the house. I picked up a uh, $300,000 list. I, I call everybody. I don't. I try to go to the out-of-state people first, and then I go with the in-state. And then, of course, the uh, spouses are... But they're uh, third on my on my list, but I do call every one of those. And But I just, I've kept on doing what I did from day one and haven't changed. And of course, a lot of them is, some of these are follow-ups. And so I think the most I've had, I've still got about 20-something that I'm still working with. I give them a call about every seven to 12 days and still following up with those. And I think one of the months I had forward listings uh, from probate. So just pretty much I still do what I did from day one and stayed consistent with it. And But I call even, I'll run some of the properties through my through the taxes off of our MLS and just to see what it was. And at one time, I will have to say at one time, when I saw those twenty and $30,000 properties, that one day I said, no, I'm not going to call them. I don't want that. And uh, then uh, after I made two or three other calls, it, it, it bothered me so much. I said, hell no, you're going to call everybody. Yeah. And Richard, you, it, I may have missed this, but obviously 
you've really got some momentum going. How long did it take you from the time you started to to start putting deals together? Was it instantaneous, or did it did it take a while? Uh, no, like I said, I've been I've been cold calling ever since I retired from education. Of course, I've been in real estate now for seven years, and I had been I was just had to use a little bit uh, different approach, kind of softer and not as go get them for sale by owners and expires and just kind of show compassion toward them and everything. I had to change that. And uh, But pretty much, I think within the second month, I'd already had a listing. And all of these two or three listings I get every month, I always get, I think I told you guys before, I at least get it one or two come list me off of pretty much off of every month. Wow. Good for you. That's great. Yeah. Chad, any questions? Any questions for, for Richard? No? Okay. I'm going to let Bruce go since I took his time last time. Go ahead, Chad. Go ahead, Chad. I'll interrupt. I, I don't have anything right now. No, I listen, I really appreciate you sharing all that. We had multi-decade producer on here in the probate space who did 35 deals with that much experience. So you really need to be proud of yourself for doing the same amount and as you're just getting this started. And you guys, we, we can all learn from each other. It's not to downplay what he's done, but you've got a lot to be proud of. It means you're doing something right. You're providing real value to the world. So it's, it's you, I think, as an educator, like you're compassionate and empathetic by nature. And for anyone on these calls, sometimes people are really aggressive and, and they just say, the hell with all that feel-good mm-hmm. stuff. I just want to scale my business. Pay close attention to the common denominator, the men that come to these calls and contribute, the demeanor they have, the the confidence, but not cocky confidence, like what they have. They're approaching these, this, they're embracing that provide value first mindset. They're doing whatever they can to get real value to the consumer. I love that you held yourself accountable and went back to that $30,000 house. And if you haven't figured it out already, you can make bigger commissions on those than you than you can on the higher price or the median price stuff. Oftentimes, those people need your help more than anything, and they'll pay a flat $10,000, $5,000 commission because they just need rid of the problem today. And you can take it on a flat fee, sell it in 24 hours, cash no contingencies as is where is, and make a $10,000 commission on a $30,000 house. It's not that much different than wholesaling when people feel that level of motivation. So what I love is that you fully embrace, make every phone call. There's only one way to know where the opportunity is in this list, and that's to speak to every person and offer to provide value to them in any way you can. If you don't directly monetize that, you will eventually indirectly monetize it. They'll call back. They'll list something with you. They'll have you. They'll, they'll refer somebody to you. And that's the common thread that I see through all of our top subscribers is that mindset. And that's the most important thing. If you're, if you're just getting started and you're, this is your first call, like focus on that more than anything is believing in the methodology. And there's this is a carefully curated group of people. And we've got people that, that embrace this and live it and come back and share that. So pay close attention yeah. to success leaves clues. So thank you for sharing, Richard. Yeah. Well, Go ahead, Richard. Go ahead. I was going to say, and then one thing that I did, I have start, and I have started calling on attorneys, and I did get one, and he handles quite a few probates. He's probably sent me four or five 
made these listings from just meeting with him. And so now he sends me all of his. If they don't, I already have someone, friends and a family. But you're right on those thirty and twenty, thirty and forty thousand dollar deals, Chad. What I do, I list those for seven percent. And uh, then what I do now, some of the times other agents don't like it, but like I tell them, I said, I said, hell, I've been, I've worked on these to get these listings, and I said, I on that seven percent, then I, I normally do four and a half on my side, and then I pay them two and a half. And so I really I make good money on those. And then, as you know, a lot of those that I get, I end up getting both sides of them. So if you got a fifty thousand dollar home, you're sitting there with with thirty five hundred. But I have done hundred thousand dollar homes at seven percent and still get the whole uh, commission of it. That's great. I was going to add to what you said, Chad. It, obviously, if you have the right approach and the right mindset, the, the three of you so far today are such an incredible example of how this will work anywhere from. David Pinnell doing $500,000 houses in Texas, and he's a little bit more of a fast talker, like I am, to to you, Rich, doing $20,000 deals of the Deep South, and you talk a little bit slower. It it works in any environment because people are people, and in this niche, they need help. So you guys gave yeah. us some really inspiring yeah. stories. We, we really appreciate it. Anything else you want to add, Richard? Yes, the only thing I can tell for even if you're old or new to the pro- program is call everybody. Don't don't like I did. I, I only did it that one time, and uh, like I said, it bothered me so much. I I, I just said no, you're not going to start doing that, and I broke my bad habit right off the bat. And uh, but you just got to do that. And be consistent and call everybody. I don't care if it's a spouse or who it is. Uh, like I said, I picked up that three hundred thousand dollar listing because the uh, wife had just passed away, and it was early. I think she had passed away. He had filed probate within the first. 30 days, and boom, he was ready to uh, be off to California to live with his daughter. And I came in at, and I was the first one to call him, and I was the first. So it's, yeah, call everybody. Don't I don't screen anything on any of my lists. I call everybody, and I just put the seed in their uh, head. Hey, you might not meet me now, but keep hold on to my letter. Put it back. Don't throw it away. And then later on down the road, if you do ever need me, then you've got my information to call. Yeah. Great lesson. Don't prejudge your leads. We very much very appreciate bad. you. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, guys. All right, you too. We got two more in the queue. Next up is phone number ending in 9607. You're up next. Good morning or afternoon, wherever you're at, gentlemen. Yes, there you go. So the last I really looked at any of this was March. I actually had a call with Chad, and then COVID hit, and kids are out of school, and just just a myriad of excuses. All of them are just that, they're excuses. I really want to get back into picking up the ball. And before I forget, Bruce mentioned something about story branding. Which book is that? Because I see on Audible there are at least a few different story brand it's, names. Who, who's the author for Story that? brand, Dominic? yep. Yep, exactly. Okay. All right. And then as far as the mastery calls, I do remember later into the fall, I heard Chad talking about mastery calls and him thinking that perhaps his October one, I believe, was the probably the most robust call that you've done in a while. Is that still stand or how does that look? December may have been better. We That was the biggest class ever in the last live class. If you want, I can send you the recordings. I, it's, I can send you both if you'd like. But I would say that October had more 
advanced like wealth creation and asset protection and business structure in the Q&A, like the more advanced things, people who are further along. So they had seven seven digits of revenue to protect and they were starting to look at how to optimize taxes and protect assets. So that it was the most advanced course. December was definitely the longest we've ever done. Whatever you feel like is there's more advanced, uh, more investor conversation, more advanced business strategies and asset protection in October. Okay, yeah, I'll reach out to you with an email and just ask for probably both those recordings and sit back through it. And then uh, a starting point to just basically start from scratch on this whole thing. I did sit through mastery, but again, I'm just I'm going to start from the base and, and work my way up instead of trying to build from the roof down. Yep. Do you have you been getting leads since March, or did you turn everything off? No, I have not gotten any leads or anything like that. In fact, I never turned it okay. on. And then I believe there might even be one person that has recently entered the market here in Colorado Springs. And I can certainly talk to one of your sales folks or something like that. That was one of my other questions is what is the policy for more than one person in a market and how does that tend to shake out? Yeah, we, Go ahead. We definitely limit it. But some of the guys that we're talking, you're hearing from, they're in markets that are sold out. We have over guys doing over a million dollars a year in GCI alone that are then sold out markets with 30 leads. So it's the methodology that we're discussing here and what we teach, the approach. Nobody's doing the same exact thing. And we have this different personalities, different writing styles. We appeal to different people. So I wouldn't let it discourage you. Don't feel like there's not enough to go around. And oh, we're we're very careful. Yeah, I didn't know if the market was sold out here and that there would be nothing available. That was mostly my concern. I'm not worried necessarily about other people in the market as long as there's leads available through the system. Yeah, you're good, Paul. I'll have one of our salespeople reach out to you right after the call. Okay, appreciate it. All right, awesome. On the starting over point, where would you start with all of this? Is it a mastery class and re-listening to that? Or is it how do I, where do I go to to set the foundation for this and get this thing off the ground? Whenever we get started, Bruce will will do an intro coaching call with you to see where you are, where you want to be, and and make some suggestions on how to do the right things in the right order. And Mm -hmm. along with that, I would suggest you've already made the investment. I would go back through mastery and just refresh that. And you should be lit up and very clear on what you're going to do after that. You're two or three days okay. from running at full speed. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. I really appreciate your time and, and what you guys do here. This is really just awesome stuff. Thank you, Paul. Darcy will be reaching out to you shortly. She's your sales rep. I'll have her call you as soon as the call's over. All right. Excellent. Last up, this should take us nicely to the top of the hour, is phone number ending in 6231. You're up last. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Loud and clear. Hey, so I'm looking for some direction on something, if there's enough time. Went on an appointment earlier. I spoke with this executor yesterday, set up an appointment today. Boy, it was tough. Every Everything she had covered, the clean-out crew, the knew about the insurance, just about everything. It was, And then just to hit about every roadblock I could, they were even considering using a friend as a realtor. I was going to charge them 3%. Boy, this is a tough one. But I still got an, got an appointment together. And after looking at it, I actually brought, and I'm an agent too, but I'm mostly an investor, and I definitely thought it would be better serving her to somebody. Sure, if he listed, I can get a referral, but this is the expert's expert on waterfront homes, and he was telling her things about this property that she didn't even know. So I hope that impressed her or my approach, and I appreciate the, uh, the education you guys are providing me and how I'm slowly learning some of the techniques and how I was able to demonstrate to her 
clearly is that when I spoke with you last night, I mentioned I was an agent, and I told you maybe I'll list it, maybe I'll buy it, make an offer, but I wanted to bring Ken to provide you more value. It just feels so good saying that and coming across that. It's a tricky situation, and because it's, I wouldn't say it's a total wreck, but she's asking for a lot more than an, an investor would want, and even my associate Ken thought the house would even be listed at. However, it's a crazy market. It, it, it's absolutely insane. So if the number is somewhat reasonable, I was thinking of wholesaling it. I'm wondering how you guys, and I haven't done much wholesaling. I've really mostly done rehabbing recently. But how do you guys approach that? How does David Pornell, who just was doing assignments left and right, so impressed to hear that and so encouraged by it, how do you guys approach that? When So I'll shut up and let you guys tell me how you guys do it. Yeah, Chad, before you answer, listen to last week's mastermind call. We had a guy named Aaron that made a half million dollars last year wholesaling. He was probably one of our most successful wholesalers. But the recording, you can you know go to our website or you can go into iTunes and listen to last week's call. Sure, Chad, any generic? The steps he was doing? Yeah, exactly. Okay, good. Chad, so, Bruce? Just the, the basics of it, you want to get the home under contract on a purchase agreement with a of your if your intent is to wholesale it, give yourself a large enough window to find the buyer. Typically most people are doing thirty days. And you can double close that if you don't want to disclose your margin or you can assign the contract and that's what most people choose to do because they're being upfront and transparent in the negotiation. So you can simply assign the deal. The other way that you can make much larger than normal revenues off of this is what I suggested earlier from a brokerage standpoint. If you're worried about liability and your broker doesn't like wholesaling, then take a flat fee listing for $10,000 and then don't offer a cooperating broker commission. And you just need to be prepared and to, to address that with the other agents in your market if they don't pay attention to the listing and they go show it. But you can get paid multiple ways. It it really depends on what your business is, what your goals are, and and how transparent you want to be with with those sellers. Sure. And I have no problem with being transparent because I feel it always works out in the end. And you've got nothing to hide. You sleep better at night. Can you tell me, because the brokerage I belong to definitely does flat fees because I often use a flat fee myself when I and I just pay out the two and a half or three percent when I'm rehabbing and flipping a home. So how would it work? Would I would would ten thousand dollars is a flat fee, so would I be splitting that with the other realtor or how does it work? That's your choice. What I suggested was that you don't offer a cooperating broker commission. So you would be the listing agent. There would not be a cooperating broker commission. If they want, if they brought you a contract, you don't owe them a commission. You could decide to give them one, but you're clearly saying this has 0% cooperating broker commission as offered. So you're not obligated to pay them anything. And what I tend to do, I don't believe in dual agency. I, I don't think you can ride two horses with one ass. And I don't think you can fairly represent two people objectively. So what I do is if I'm going to do that, I'll do a, a flat fee as a number, not a percentage. And then when the buyer, I'll run it through my buyer's list. And when the buyer comes back, I'll present the offer to them with the first page being an unrepresented party addendum that clearly indicates that I represent the seller and the seller only. I offer that as a benefit to them of, listen, you don't need to pay me a commission. The seller's taking care of me. You're a sophisticated investor. You don't really need agency at 3%, do you? Okay, perfect. Here's the blue pen. 
And that's been a really smooth way for me to do it. I've done assignments. I've done the flat fees. It's really just what works best for you and your broker. Okay. With the concept of doing a flat fee, uh, because I'm not going to have, I'm not going to find them a buyer, and I'd like to cast as big of a net. And I'm going to tell you, if I, the realtors, or many of them will read the print, they'll see that there's no money in it for them, and I won't be able to serve the seller. So I would rather do a flat fee, maybe charge a separate consulting fee, say it's a 500, say it's a thousand, say whatever it is, and then just assist the seller with the flat fee, paying a two and a half percent out that the seller would do. And I'm getting that way. I'm getting it. It may not be as cheap, or it may be just as cheap. It depends on how much the, the half a percent difference is. If I, she, as I mentioned, she had a three percent. So if I do a half a percent and and do a let them pay out two and a half percent. Did you ever hear that concept? Is that something that would ever fly? If I said, hey, it costs $500 to do a flat fee, but I'm going to help you out here and I'm going to charge you this consulting fee. Other than that, here's you're going to pay out 2.5%. Because these people do seem like they may, since they threw out, hey, 3%, they even threw out the possibility of them putting it on Zillow a few weeks. So whenever I hear that, I'm thinking it's, an, it's a nickel and dime fight. And so I'm trying to think, what can I do to maybe get the get something out of it? Sure. A couple things here. One, the advice I gave you earlier was assuming you had your own buyer's list because you're talking about wholesaling. So if you are trying to retail a deal using that method, don't do that. It doesn't make any sense. If you're selling at a discounted price as is where is, then that makes sense. On this particular deal that you're talking about, it doesn't sound like it is a wholesale. It's not a a distressed sale in in any way. That's going to be a different approach, right? So if you list something at $300,000 and it appraises for $302,000, you're not going to have a ton of people that are going to step up and buy as is, where is without an agent. So if it's more of a conventional deal, that's not the same advice. In that case, what I would recommend is find an agent that you know and trust give them have them give you a referral fee and don't do the work you're not good at or you don't want to do but get compensated for connecting them to the deal sounds good all right excellent ending to our call guys i want to thank everybody for showing up today i want to particularly thank the awesome chris and dave and richard success stories i think everybody learned a lot from it and i want to challenge each of you take one thing that inspired you the most on this call Go out and put it into practice and come back and share the results with the group next week. Stay healthy, stay safe, stay productive, and we will talk to you same time next Thursday. Take care, everybody.